Hello and welcome to another episode of the Liga Mekis Preview, brought to you by the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and as the title clearly indicates, we're here to discuss everything and anything regarding our favorite and definitely most unpredictable league, the Liga Mekis. Today I'm joined by a good soccer friend of mine, it's Ivan Pineda from the Eagle Eye Podcast. How are you doing, Ivan? Thanks for, for jumping on the pod. No, thank you for having me. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, excited to be on here, talk uh, some Aguilas de la America and a bit Liga Mekis, so it should be a fun one. Yeah, it should definitely be a fun one. And I mean, really quickly, for those of you who don't know about the Eagle Eye podcast, I mean, basically, it's it's it's, it's the best podcast out there in English when it comes uh, to Club America. I mean, Ivan and his crew are professional, they're informative, and you can always count on them for for excellent coverage on Twitter. I mean, to be honest, it's I mean, hopefully nobody's listening. It's even better than what Club America has to offer their own uh, <laughs> their Twitter account English. But but anyways, let's start the show. And, and you know, Ivan, let, let's have you discuss a little bit more about what you and your Eagle Eye crew are, are all about. Um. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so basically, like you mentioned, Cesar, I think you kind of uh, hit it perfectly right there. We're, um, we're, this, uh, we're this account that uh, talks about all things Club America in English, you know, uh, whether it be a podcast, whether it be Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you know, we're we're here to we're here for the public and we're here to give uh, the audience here in the States and wherever it is around the world that they prefer their Club America news in English, uh, kind of that coverage. You know, I, I feel like I mean, we've definitely t- I mean, we've like we've seen each other in person. We've talked about your podcast, but I feel like one thing that I've never asked you is, just, you know, how's the response been from the Club America community about your podcast, whether it be from the U.S. or Mexico or abroad? And I'd be interested to hear how people have uh, responded to your podcast. You know what? Um, when we first started this, we never really thought we'd get to the point where we're at today. I mean, I guess everything just kind of is a vision until you actually it gets realized. And at first, we just thought we'd be, you know, just these couple of random guys talking about America and maybe one or two people will listen and then they won't ever come back again. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but. But that hasn't been the case, and uh, people have accepted us. People have uh, grown to us, and you know we've we've gotten more followers, we've gotten more listeners, and we're thankful for that. I think every single day we kind of remind ourselves as to where we're at and where we were, and none of this would have been possible without you know that community. So we're we're very humbled by that, and it motivates us to kind of keep innovating and keep pushing out new new fresh content for them, and we're just happy to be able to you know give back to them in some way. Yeah, and actually, I mean, here's something else I've never asked you about this either. I mean, because because if I was a if I was a professional club team, I would definitely have some interest in a pod like yours. You know, and, and have Club America ever reached out to you guys? Because if I was Club America, I would obviously reach out to you guys to see if that's some potential collaboration. But have they ever sent a message to you guys or anything along those lines? Um, well, no, they haven't uh, formally, you know, kind of reached out to us. But uh, you know. Uh, the guy who previous used to previously ran the Club America English account, uh, Ted, uh, he was a great guy. He actually, um, you know, he 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 had he known about us and kind of gave us that recognition whenever we did meet, um, and that was great to know. And then you know whoever is running the account right now too, um, you know, we it looks like they've they're, they're giving us that same amount of love, and we're just uh, we're just happy that the club knows about us. You know, I, I think that's just one kind of big step that at least the club knows about us. Uh, you know what they want to decide to do in the future. I mean, that's definitely going to be up to them. But you know, we're we're more than willing to to work alongside them because, of course, that's the dream, right? The the dream is to work alongside the team that you that you cover and the team that you, you know, 
aim to give people the most utmost information. So, you know, if one day Club America does decide to knock on our door, then uh, we'd be more than honored to work alongside them. I mean, uh, Ted did a great, great, great job when he was there. Uh, with, he did. With, with it was fantastic. Yeah, and that's okay. And, you know, and now that he's there, I mean, I'll be, I'll be the first to say now that we see the new content out there. I mean, the stuff that you guys are doing, it's definitely better than what Globomedica is doing right now since since Ted left. So, Globomedica, if you're listening, definitely definitely bring on the Eagle iPod, guys. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, I, let's 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 talk about the Copa por México. Uh, so, two rounds of matches are have, have already finished between the eight teams in two groups. We got one more round left this weekend. Uh, you know, thoughts on the tournament so far, would it be, uh, be about the way it's set up, whether it be about the results, whether it be about the fans on the Zoom call on the stands? I mean, just just, <laughs> just, just your thoughts on the tournament so far. Uh, we touched upon this, uh, I think, last podcast, too. And we, we said that, you know, it, it's a good competition. It, it was kind of, you know, brought out out of nowhere. But it gives the teams a good proper preseason, I think. So, I mean, on that end, it's good. The only concern we had going into this was the safety of the players and the staff yeah. of the teams because we knew that the numbers and the numbers continue to keep skyrocketing over in Mexico um, in regards to this whole COVID-19 situation. So, you know, and then we had the whole Cruz Azul players that, you know, were positive and all that stuff. And we kind of were a little bit hesitant. Is this going to go through, you know, as, as the days led up to kind of kickoff, we kind of were skeptical about everything and we actually are happy that it, it's underway in the way that it's kind of being unfolded so i i don't know i like it i don't know what's your thoughts on it yeah i mean it's 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 complicated you know it, it's undoubtedly complicated you know you have you have mixed emotions you know with soccer and sports in general coming back when you consider the COVID 19 situation and like you mentioned the health of these athletes but you know, and, and, and as much as you mean, because I'll, I'll be real, you know, the, the lack of soccer has meant a lack of work for me, you know, and that's and I think there are a lot of people who are in similar situations who are not involved in the sports world. You know, obviously, a lot of us are really struggling when it, uh, when it comes to work situations. So when work does come back, there is a sense where you feel, I don't know, a, a sense of relief, let's say. But I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. It's it's I, I, it makes me a little nervous to see the players back on the field, you know, like it definitely makes me feel a little anxious to see these players. So I think above all, like, I mean, hopefully these players want to be out there, too, because you don't want. I know. Yeah. I know so, yeah. Hopefully they want to be out there because I know they got to make a they got to make a living, too. But I mean, I'm, I'm undoubtedly happy to turn on the TV and watch some soccer, but it's complicated. I'm not I'm not going to pretend like it's not complicated. I definitely have some mixed emotions. Definitely, definitely. And I, I think the best part about this tournament is that it gives the players that proper excuse as to why they're so rusty is because it's technically preseason. Yeah. So it gives them that excuse that they're not kind of, you know, at full. So, I mean, in that end, it gives it, it gives them a bit of leeway room. Oh, yeah, especially since, like, I think I just hyped myself up way too much about the game about that not the game but just like uh about the copa por mexico just because there's such a lack of mexican soccer for, for such a long time and then you watch the first couple and you're like ah that's right this is the preseason oh they just made 11 subs at halftime i guess this, yeah <laughs> I, I guess i guess this is the, the preseason isn't it <laughs> i gotta give credit to some managers though that do not do the whole you know, eleven substitutions. I think uh, one of the coaches was definitely the Pumas coach. He 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 took his time with substitutions. So I mean, granted, you know, every coach is going to be different, but 
yeah, it it does give you that preseason. Now, here we go. Second half is a whole different team. Yeah. So really quickly, looking at the groups we have in Group A, uh, so Tigres are on top with four points. Uh, we got Chivas in second with three. Uh, Atlas, um, they're in third, but I, you know, they have uh, they're just below Chivas uh, due to goal di- goal differential uh, with uh, three points as well. Uh, Mazatlan with one point. Um, and and my from my perspective, I mean, I talked about this with Amy last week. This is kind of what we anticipated uh, as as the final standings. We thought Thetis and Chivas were gonna uh, go through, and Atlas and Mazatlan would have some some problems. But but your thoughts on the on the standings so far? I, I feel like this is kind of what we've expected so far in the tournament, at least from Group A. Yeah, definitely. And I think whoever was riding on Mazatlan to be this dark horse is being very disappointed at this point. <laughs> Haven't even scored yet. <laughs> yeah, haven't even scored yet. I mean, they've had some good plays that lead up to almost scoring, but uh, I guess the most important thing is actually putting the ball in the back of the net. But no, I, you're right. I think this is exactly what everyone expected. Uh, maybe a little bit more of a fight for Atlas uh, could be argued, but I, I think we'll see Chivas and Tigres advance into the next round. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. And I think, yeah, Mazatlan, I mean, I think what we do have to say about them, like you said, they, they came close to finding the back of the net. And that first goal they almost scored, I don't know if, if, if you saw the replay of it, but if any of you haven't had a chance to look at it, I mean, I don't know how you find a replay of this just because it wasn't a goal, so it might, it might be a little <laughs> tough to find. But man, well, it, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they have it on their official YouTube account. They, they, yeah. they don't have much to show, so they might as well show that. Okay, so, so I'll have to say, so obviously they haven't scored yet, but that goal they almost had against Degas, it was almost... It was almost Barcelona-like. I don't know if, if you remember the replay. They were kind of like, you know, whipping the ball back and forth really quickly. They were passing it really quickly within each other. And then I think it was Quick Mendoza who had a little bit of a chip shot. And it, if it wasn't for Nahuel Guzman just getting his fingertips on the ball, that could have been the goal, one of the best goals I've seen in quite some time. But nonetheless, they they still have yet to, to score a goal. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean... That's Mazatlan for right now. Yeah, yeah, that is the most definite Mazatlan for right now. But yeah, right. So really quickly, once again, uh, you know, Duke and Tigres, you know, not messing around. Or they're using their best player, the best side. They're in the top group A. Chivas got a good win over Atlas. Angulo looked pretty good for them uh, so far. And I think they've highlighted a little bit of depth that they have. But maybe that's going to be a problem because, you know, it's figuring out what best options Chivas can use going forward. But we'll see what happens with Atlas and Mazatlan uh, in the final weekend. Uh, let's look at Group B. Uh, I'm sure you've been, for whatever reason, you've been keeping a closer eye <laughs> on this one, Ivan. But what, what stands out to you about, about Group B so far? Uh, I think the fact that right now, Kuzasul seem to be on a hot run. I think they're yeah. they're picking up exactly where they left off, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, if anything, this kind of highlights why they were the best team before the season stopped. This highlights... Why you know, Gavisita has been such a good player for them. I mean, that 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 first goal he scored uh, for them last week was just was just a beautiful goal. That it didn't look like Gavisita is in preseason mode. Let's just say that certain players you yeah. look and you're like, ah, uh, yeah, they need a little bit more time to find the rhythm. Like Gavisita just looks like he's ready to continue. He almost looks frustrated that <laughs> that the last that the the previous season was canceled, and he it, it seems like he was almost like holding back all this energy that he had in the previous season. Now he's falling through the Copa Put Mexico knowing that it could potentially, you know, uh, reap some some incredible rewards going forward. But yeah, I mean, Grusso of the talent, the depth. I don't know if you saw, but uh, uh, Shaggy Martinez has now uh, joined the team as well. So, Scooby-Doo's yeah, been hanging out. 
Scooby Doo might be hanging out over at uh, the Estadio Azteca now. <laughs> yeah, most stuff, most stuff. And then, yeah, quick shout out to to what's his face? I can't believe I forgot it. Jose, is it. I think it was Josue Reyes. I think that was his name. The 22 year old backup uh, defender for Cruz Azul who scored twice uh, for Cruz Azul in their four to one win over Fumas. Um, but Ivan America, they got the they got the win over Toluca. I mean, yeah, the draw with Fumas was a little boring, but nonetheless. Uh, Winning a draw? I mean, that's not bad, right? Uh, still undefeated, right? Yeah, still undefeated. Yeah, th- th- thoughts, thoughts on America so far in this tournament? I think it's exactly going the way we predicted this kind of... I mean, it's only two games in, and it's kind of hard to even say that, you know, because it's very limited what we've seen from the starting 11, for the potential starting 11 that, you know, Piojo has. And then, you know, we still have a couple of players that are injured and should be back. Hopefully, the majority of everyone should be back by this Cruz Azul game. The only player that won't be back is uh, Benedetti. He won't be back until September. But it's it's interesting because Piojo only gives us 45 minutes of these kind of starters, and then you kind of throw in the bench, and then kind of all the youngsters. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, I think we've seen some of those. It's not just uh, it's not just America, uh, but I feel like with some of the other teams, they've made a significant amount of uh, changes. I think I might I might be entirely wrong about this stat, but if I remember correctly, because I think they were talking about that in the Tudene broadcast. But in the first uh, four games of the Copa por Mexico, so the first four games involving the eight teams, I think it was something there was like a hundred plus players took part took part in those games just because the amount of subs <laughs> that have been used. I, I don't think Bioko's alone and, and realize that this is kind of a, a preseason opportunity to give some young minutes players. But, but yeah, if, if, if there's one, if there's one thing that we've seen in this tournament, whether it be for medical, whether it be for other teams, other than perhaps the um, it's that you're, you've seen a lot of subs, a lot of, I mean, they're generally some players. I mean, it's, it's once you see the, the three digit uh, kits, you know that there's like some 17, 18 year old kid or maybe like some guy in his early 20s who has yet to make his League of Mackey's debut or only, or only has a few minutes in League of Mackey's uh, who's out there on the field. <laughs> no, yeah, it's 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 nice, though, because I think these kids get an opportunity that they know that they're not really going to get coming into the actual season. But especially when you're talking about a team like America, like, you know, the bigger names like Tigres and stuff like that, you know, where most of these kind of bigger positions are filled by foreigners or very experienced and and talented Mexican players. So it's nice that they get kind of a shout out there on the pitch. And, you know, what they do with that is up to them. They have impressed us, but they haven't done enough to make us think that they're worthy of starting or, you know, even being on the bench because, while they are kind of very adventurous out there and they, you know, they're going in on every tackle and they're running down every ball, they haven't really scored a goal or they haven't really created a chance where you're just like, you know what, this this, this would have gone in. Uh, so we still need to see a little bit more from them, but we think that there's some good potential out there. Yeah, and I think, I mean, just speaking of that, it's, I realized something the other day. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the young players because I think... I think it's very important for these young players to get minutes because, I mean, keeping in mind that there's going to be no Copa Mekis, uh this year. I mean, there's going to be a Copa Mekis final between Rayados and Cholos, which was delayed uh, from early this year. So you will still have that. I think it's supposed to be in September, the, the two legs. It might be in, yeah, in September, the Copa Mekis final from, I guess, technically last year. But there's going to be no Copa Mekis for a full year. 
the youth minutes rule is gone. So yeah. you think this this is the opportunity for a lot of these young players, right? Like what what other yeah. what other chance might they get? Because because if there's no Copa Mekis, if there's no youth minutes rule, a lot of these guys like I was thinking about. It, like this Copa, like the, the Copa of Mexico, I know it's preseason, but this might be the only chance for a lot of these guys. That's the, that's the sad part about it, right? Because that's kind of reality down in uh, Liga Mekis. But I think that, you know, especially if I'm talking about America, that the real chance that they are only going to get is probably this cup, unless an injury, which for them, it might actually come sooner because we know how injury prone some of our players tend to be. But if if it isn't an injury, I don't see any other way for them to kind of claw their way through the ranks. So I was going to actually like ask about this later um, when we focus a little bit more about America, um, you know, because we're still talking about Group B right now. But but what's 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 the deal with with with, with America and all these injuries? I feel like that's just been the conversation for what is, has been has been over a year now. I feel like it's it's been yeah. either close to a year or over a year now. Where we, I, I feel like if someone were to ask me what what is the story about America, I would say, well, they're 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 a strong playoff team. They're they do they, they do quite well during the regular season, and, and but they're a handful, not handful, but maybe one to no, two. Right. A handful is a good maybe, a good a good amount. Like, but there, I was gonna say a handful of teams who look like they're better suited for a title run because they don't have nearly as many issue uh, injury issues as America. So so what's why, why is there are they just unlucky has has that been the issue with them have they just been unlucky with, with these injuries yeah yeah I, I i think the club needs to do like a little bit of olympia or something because i don't know exactly <laughs> what's going on it's it's been the talk of the town for like you said over a year already uh you know a lot of it got to the point where a lot of fans started pointing the, the fingers at kind of like the the physical trainer and everything is that the guy, um, the guy that's the guy who's i forget his name but he, he their Gibra. physical trainer yeah, but he's he's been with Bioko since the national team days, right? I feel like I remember him since the national team days, but I believe so. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, I mean, sorry, I cut you off there, but it just seems very very strange the amount of injury issues that America's had. Yeah, so I mean, it, to be honest, I think it's just bad luck, like you like you said. Uh, you know, I don't really think you can. I, some I'm, I would imagine some of responsibility is taken by the physical uh, trainer, but I, I think for the most part, it just you know. Bad luck. I mean, you also have to look at where America has spent their money, and they have spent their money on players that we know have a tendency of being injured. For example, perfect example, Jeremy Menace. You knew yeah. he was coming into this injury prone, and he left injured. So, yeah, and it's just the unfortunate thing. Yeah, no, it's definitely a lot of uh, yeah, luck not going in the favor there when it comes to injuries. And uh, I mean, speak of Piojo, is he has he been practicing his social distancing out there? Because you know he's still. No, he's, he's, he still looks a little riled out there in the sidelines during these games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's no, there's no such thing as social distancing in the world of Piojo. Um, it's it's funny though because he, I, I know a lot of people kind of made that little funny comparison between him and uh, Chapo de la Torre whenever they uh, America played Toluca, yeah. and it was like one had no mask, but the other one was prepared to go scuba diving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen that image, it's basically it's like it's Biojo almost being like you you would never guess that there is a global pandemic. He just sitting out, you know standing out there, the suit, no mask, and then it cuts to Chepo de la Torre, and he's not only got the mask on, but he's also got the goggles as well. <laughs> sitting on the bench, it's like it's like the two very different ends of uh, the anxiety about 
COVID prep. You had, you had Piojo yeah. one, and he's a little too calm about it. And then you have Chepo Torre as a goggles on. You're like, all right, maybe that's a little much. But <laughs> hey, you know what? If, if I, if I, to be fair, I mean, if, if I had to go out there and if someone gave me an option wear goggles, I'm like, yeah, dude, give me the goggles. Let's, let's slap, let's slap a sponsor on them or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> let, let's, let's make this happen. Let's, let's do, let's do a face mask. Let's do goggles. Let's do a visor. That's <laughs> five pairs of gloves. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, but it was quite funny to see Piojo getting a little. Even even in the pre, I made I made a joke saying like the season has yet to start. Piojo's already getting a little angry out there on the sidelines. Yeah, it, it reverting to what he knows best, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So looking at the rest of Group B, um, I mean, any any thoughts on Pumas or Toluca? Because I feel like they they still look like a work in progress uh, for me, even though obviously. You know, a place in the next the next round is still up in the air for for Pumas, you know, because you know, depending on what happens this weekend, they could potentially go through sneak past America. I doubt that will happen, but Pumas could still potentially go through the Luca. I mean, they're officially out, but I mean, I guess that's what happens when you drop Talavera and Leo, uh, you know, Leo Fernandez and Pumas are going through some changes too. So I don't know your thoughts on either of those sides because I guess I, I I I expected that they were going to struggle, but yeah, I haven't really seen much from them. I think you put it perfectly. I think you put, you know, you said that they were a work in progress. And I think they definitely are. I mean, you see Pumas is in kind of a rebuilding stage. They just dropped their goal, number one goalkeeper, brought in okay. the caliber of Talavera. So that says a lot. You know, most teams usually start their rebuilding from the back forward. Um, and I think that's exactly what Pumas is trying to do. They have some pretty good, good players and some good youngsters. But uh, like you said, you know, they're missing a couple of uh, key pieces here and there. But... You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they they got it right a year from now. You know, yeah. All all I'm saying is, I mean, maybe you'll be excited by this too because you're. We all know you're you're a goalkeeper as well. But I'm looking at Pumasers Toluca, and I was like, oh man, is it going to be Saldivar up against Talavera? But that would be, be interesting. <laughs> that would be that would be fantastic to see. I would absolutely love to see that. <laughs> but you know what uh, I'd like to see more. Yeah, yeah, Just. Yeah. Put because this is usually what uh, some people do when it's uh, when it comes to goalkeeper training. Some sometimes they'll put one goal on one on obviously where it goes, and then the other goal kind of a little bit past the eighteen. I think I want to say like around yeah. the twenty twenty one five. Just let them go at it, each other. Just yeah. let take shots, take shots. Here Let's see go. which one comes out the better keeper. And then what, what does the winner get? I don't know what the winner gets. They, they get they, they get a they get like a mini like a mini like copa por like copa por porteros or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, a little, yeah. <laughs> like a little mini glove. <laughs> uh, Liga Mekis, if you're listening, actually, uh, that's not Liga Mekis because remember, this is a tournament by Tudiene. Tudiene, if you're listening, Adriana, if you're listening, I get, you work for Tudiene. S- send this up to your higher ups. Make this happen. <laughs> make, make this make this happen, Adriana. Um, <laughs> all right, so, you know, so, so for you, I mean, I'm, we kind of hinted at it right there, but when you're looking at Group A, when you're looking at Group B, when you look at these results, but there, are there any games or players? That have stood out to you so far. I mean, I, to be fair, we've already we've already talked about a number of them. But is any 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 games or players that have stood out to you so far from this from this Copa? I think you said, uh, you know, Rodriguez from Cruz Azul. Like you said, yeah. he's just kind of he's picking up where he left off. So that's interesting. That's that's a little scary for any Jamaica fan hearing this going into this game on uh, on Saturday. But him, uh, obviously, Ignat got on the score sheet. So, yeah. you know, 
he seems to be back to his old ways at at least from what we can tell um and I'm trying to see anyone else kind of really caught my eye. I think everyone's kind of, I don't want to say they've flown under the radar, but I think they've all been in preseason mode. I, I think there has been this kind of one key player that you're just like, you know, he's taking this tournament by storm. Um, I know, you know, trophies has been in the press, but for the, you know, for all the not reasons that you would intend him for being there. But I think for the most part, everyone's just kind of been, where you expect them to be. I mean, there hasn't even been an America player that really has stood out to me like that either. So I think everyone's just trying to pick up their form, trying to figure out where they're, where they're at and see what they need to improve on. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. I mean, yeah, I think that, you know, somehow we didn't bring up Jignac just yet until you just brought him up. Yeah. Jignac finding the back net, good little combination there with Leo Fernandez. And it kind of got me thinking, I mean, I know Leo Fernandez, he's not, not necessarily known for, you know, you know, racking up a huge amount of assists. You know, that's not really his thing that he was doing with Deluca. But at the same time, after watching that cross he had for Gignac, you know, the first thing that came to mind is just like, this could potentially be a very, very exciting partnership. Uh, yeah, Gign- it could Gignac be and Leo Fernandez. Yeah, so that stood out to me. Um, once again, I'm going to give another shout out to Jos- uh, Josue Reyes, the 22-year-old uh, center back from Cruz Azul, um, who scored twice uh, for them. I mean, I think it says a lot about their depth that they had this 22-year-old kid stepping in and getting a couple goals. Um, and I guess, yeah, we got to... I think I think one player that we've yet to bring up, too, is uh, is Angulo over at Chivas. Uh, I'm not sure if you watched a Clásico Tapatio, but I was pretty impressed with him uh, in the Clásico Tapatio on the on the left wing. Um, did quite well. Now, I guess for talk about the Clásico Tapatio, I mean... Malcora over at Atlas. Um, I've always been a big fan of him. Not a fan of his haircut, the, the <laughs> shave. It's it's like it's like it, it looks like very like proper and uh, in the front and in the back he's got like a weird like how it's like a dreadlock mo- like mullet. Honestly, that's the best way I could describe it. It's it is hideous, <laughs> but but a great player. I love I love Malcora. I think he's a great player, and I think um, help 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 make an impact for Atlas and. I've been a fan of Jairo Torres, too, over at Atlas, uh, you know, young midfielder. I think he's a name to keep an eye on uh, going forward. And easy to forget this Jairo Torres. He actually made his uh, his L3 debut uh, late last year. And one of those October games, I forget exactly which one, but one of those October games where Mexico was going through a number of uh, young options. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, Group A, Group B uh, for you. Um, for, for, for you, Ivan, I mean, let's 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 talk about predictions um, I think personally, the way that the tables look right now, Degas first in Group A, uh, Chivas uh, second in Group A, Cruz Azul first in Group B, America second in Group B, I think that's how it's going to finish uh, looking or, uh, after this weekend. And I, I think we're going to have uh, those four and then Degas uh, lift the Copa por Mexico uh, title. But for you, I mean, okay. what are your... What are your predictions? Do you see that? Who do you see? Who do you see lifting the title? What are your predictions so far? Um, I think that it, I, I'm going to fall into a very conspiracy theory type of thing oh, here, but yeah. I yeah, uh, I, I feel like this tournament was set up perfectly for Tudena to be able to broadcast an America Chivas final, even oh, if it's right. just a preseason. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be bold and I'm gonna go that far and I'm gonna say that uh, you know we're gonna see the Clásico Nacional uh, in in the in the final. Uh, for this uh, Copa board por Mexico and you know we'll see and obviously I'm I'm gonna put America to to lift it but it should be an interesting matchup but I I, I think that 
if America is able to get the win against uh, against Cruz Azul this Saturday, puts them ahead of them by only one point, and then you know I feel like maybe Chivas draws, or even if they win, I think Tigres picks up all three points against Atlas. Then um, you know I think we see you know a Tigres versus uh, Cruz Azul, and then a, uh, a Ch- oh wait no. No, no, I'm not even making sense. Never mind. Point is, whatever the math has to be for America and Chivas to find themselves into the final, <laughs> that's, that's what's gonna that's, happen. That's what's gonna happen. But uh, all, which would be great, you know. What, what's gonna happen is so, so all four are gonna go through. Uh, it's in the next round, and then it's gonna be like it's gonna be Tigres versus America, and then Cruz Azul and Chivas. And what you're saying is there's gonna be some phone calls made by Tudor to Tigres and to Cruz and they're like, hey guys, uh, just, just just put your backups out there, right? Just 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 yeah. just just put your backups. That way we can we can get that that Chivas America final is what is what you're saying. Putting putting on our tinfoil hats as as we're saying this. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, right? <laughs> Wait, so did you actually? I mean, did did you actually? So so you 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 think America's gonna win it all? They're gonna they're gonna win it they all. Have, get... They have kind of the responsibility of being America, right? Even in a preseason tournament. Um, I know for a lot of people that's kind of outlandish to say, but it's kind of the reality of it. But I think they they have the team to to compete. That's for sure. It just depends on how badly these guys actually want it. And I think the more games they get under their belt, the, the actually the more beneficial it's going to be for them. So I you know I would actually want them to have that mentality to be like, okay, we need to win this, not just because it benefits for us, kind of just kind of grabbing this glorified you know tournament. But also because it gives you an opportunity to continuously play, and it gives Bielko the opportunity to kind of, you know, manifest this new formation and these new tactics he was kind of talking about. So you know, the more time you get to implement it actually on the pitch, I think the better we're going to be suited for the beginning of the season. So of course, I I want America to go all the way into the final I, because it's going to be more beneficial. Rather, you know, if they win it, of course, perfect. But if they don't, at least you got so many games under your belt that you're a little bit more prepared than every other team out there. All right. Well, let's 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 uh, spend the last five, ten, fifteen minutes. I don't know how much more time we can we can have here. Uh, but let's talk. Let's talk about Globe uh, America. Um, you know, we, seeing as you are, you know, the the host of the Eagle Eye Podcast. Obviously, we have one of the experts here regarding Globe America. But I mean, looking ahead to the Clásico Joven, I mean, you, you already kind of talked about it a little bit. But how are you feeling about this match? How are you feeling about? I mean, you you hinted a little bit there about. Biocol trying like trying to you know work in his new formation and tactics. I mean, just tell us a little bit about that, like heading heading into the classical coven. No, I wish I could be a little bit more detailed about it, but he's kept it such such a mystery, and he's kept it like that throughout this whole tournament as well. Because I like I mentioned, it's only given he's only given us forty five minutes with kind of this potential starting yeah. eleven. But I can tell you this much: it seems that he wants to be a little bit more controlled on the ball. He wants them to move a, a little bit quicker, and he doesn't want to depend so much on the wing play. I think we saw some of the best America football we've in this tournament, like I said, very limited, but it was when they were playing down the middle against Toluca. We mm-hmm. saw them struggle a lot against Pumas, and that's because they kind of wanted to go through the wings, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, once they fall into that, they're very kind of easy to predict. But, you know, I, that it should be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I will say that I was definitely uh, impressed with uh, America. I mean, that first half too. I think I think it was especially in that first half. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that was one where Toluca scored an own goal, if I remember correctly. Um, and I, I think they kind of yeah. went with that. Some pretty they they went with uh, with some pretty significant changes in the second half. So 
the level of play kind of dropped in that second half. But I was fairly impressed with them uh, in that first half there. But I mean, just and also just to just to mix it up here. I mean, I mean, we got some of your thoughts there about about about, about the upcoming match. But Biojo, there there are some rumors regarding him potentially going to Real Betis, potentially coaching in La Liga. How how would you have felt if that actually happened? Clearly, it ended up not happening. Um, I think it was Pellegrini was announced earlier today as a new manager of Real Betis. But is it okay? So, because I guess let me rephrase. Let me or let me kind of get kind of go through with my thinking here. Because are you a Piojo fan in which you'd feel happy for him and excited to see him trying out his talents in La Liga? Or would you be more bothered from an America fan perspective to think that this guy, what he recently signed a new contract with the team, right? And is, is could and was supposed to kind of like be a little bit more of a long term project with America. So how would you have felt if that actually went through? He, it didn't go through, but how how would you have felt about that? I would have been devastated because it would have just the cycle would have continued, right? Of each kind of transfer window, another European pluck someone away from us and dampens the squad and hurts us kind of you know going forward so on that end yeah it, it would have been devastating because at this point who do you bring in you know in such short notice and who you know this squad was and is still being made by Piojo for Piojo right this is not right. a squad that any other manager can walk into and say and get the same respect and get the same out of the players the way that Piojo is able to because he knows them because he's kind of orchestrated the squad to be his own. So it would have been very devastating. Of course, it would have been amazing to see Piojo out there and, you know, kind of going, you know, head to head. I mean, you can tell that, you know, Piojo versus Sidan, that would have been definitely a game you would definitely wanted to watch, you know? Oh, my God. That would have been amazing. Oh, my God. I'm just imagining that in my mind right now. Just Piojo. Just like, <laughs> just like, imagine just like, halftime talks just like in some other like match where he's just like all right this is how we close down Messi and then just like him getting to arguments with Messi on this oh my god it would have been beautiful yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but there is but there's something about Bioko where I mean like I said you would you would know more than I would but it's just he he just there's just so much about him that really embodies the Club America kind of mentality and vibe right like it, it's more yeah. that it's more than than his success i think it's it's just his the way he carries himself and, and that i i feel like that does embody the the club america spirit right in a way it does and i think a lot of people have praised piojo for coming and and, and putting america back on stage where they deserve to be and i'm not just saying that america wasn't you know uh a, a big name before Piojo came of course but i'm just saying Piojo brought back a certain culture to the club that we hadn't seen in such a long time when he when he first arrived at America. You know, it took him a little while, but he rallied up the fans. He rallied up the press. He he found a way to get, you know, America on TV, on the newspapers every single day, no matter what it was, whether it was a press conference, whether it was the game. He brought out something that you mentioned perfectly, spoke to the Americanismo. And I think that's why he was so beloved. And, and it was so devastating to see him go for the national team because we knew that we weren't going to get a manager like him for a while. Um, and not to say that his successors didn't do great because they did, but it lacked a certain spark that we didn't see until he came back again. Actually, I'm gonna have one because I have uh, a couple of prediction questions about America to to round up the podcast. But I have one more question for you about Biojo because I feel like 
and we, we might have actually talked about this on the Eagle Eye podcast. Um, I, I think I might have already asked you this question, but do you feel like Biojo doesn't get enough credit for what he does tactically? Because I think, I mean, it's 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 fun to talk about Biojo because he is kind of a larger than life figure. If you if you type his name into YouTube, you'll see the Super Saiyan, ah, yeah. just like him yelling. <laughs> and when you when you when you when you when you look up, if you were to go to Google Images, it's him yelling. It's him doing what I think the kind of standard kind of like arms outstretched, like, oh, come on, like being frustrated with a referee kind of look. And I think because that people and like when you when you see like, for example, when I was when I was, uh, you know, when I when I watched some when he was with Sholos, when you watched some of the trainings or uh, when I was following him when he was coaching old three, you could tell he's just one of the guys. You could definitely tell he's one of the guys. So because that a lot of people think he's just a good bad manager, he's just just he just he's one of the dudes. He hangs out with them. He's great with them. I think a lot of people think about that when they think of Bjorn. But do you think he maybe doesn't get the credit that he should regarding his tactics, or do you think, or do you think, or he's still more of a man manager than anything else? I think he's finding the perfect combination of both because I think he was very kind of one sided. You know, he was indeed definitely when he first started was a very uh, you know type of manager that could get the best out of a player, but. Could he get the best out of the tactics? It was very up in the air. But I think now he's learned as his kind of bigger defeats have happened in his career. I think he's kind of learned, like, I made this substitution. Maybe I should have done it earlier. Maybe I should have put someone else. And I think he's it kind of developed himself a little bit different, which is kind of interesting because he does kind of come from La Volpe. And, and, yeah. and, you know, he's a very tactically, you know, uh, kind of gifted guy when it comes to, you know, playing the game. So, Labolvik was able to, you know, and is still probably able to read the game in a certain way. But I think Piojo is finally starting to pick up on that and see, okay, there's a there's there's importance to both, and and finding the perfect balance is key. And I think Piojo is trying to find that perfect balance, and he he will get there. I w- I would imagine. All right, Ivan. So I've got three questions for you here uh, to wrap up the podcast, and they're general predictions. I guess kind of like perhaps even thoughts on America, you know, heading into the new league Mackey season. That's assuming it is going to start. We'll see. I've seen some rumors that it might even be pushed back until next month, but we'll see. In theory, it might start on July 24th. But all right, so uh, two questions, pretty, pretty, pretty easy, pretty standard. But I mean, you might even have the same answer for both. But the third one's going to be a little bit of a curveball. But first one, who will be America's MVP this season for the 2020 Apertura? That is, that's a tough one because there's some pretty good candidates. Um, but you know what? I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say Vinas is gonna be the MVP for America this season. Oh, okay, why? Why? I mean, can you go a little bit into to why you think he's gonna be the MVP? I think, and 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 this is me knocking on wood here, and hopefully he's not a one season wonder. I I really do hope that he's coming into this more motivated than ever to, you know, outdo what he did last season, which was I mean tremendous. So I I think he's a very motivated kid. He's pumped. He saw that. America put faith in him. They bought him. And I think he's willing to repay that with some goals. And he just looks hungry out there. He looks hungry. He looks motivated. And if he can stay fit, if he can stay healthy, I think we have enough players around him to feed him the ball and to and to give him the opportunity to, you know, bag himself 10 or more goals this season. Wow. Okay. So I think that might answer my next question here because I was going to say, who's going to be uh, America's leading goal scorer? Do you think it's... Uh... Vinyas, the what is he like? Twenty two, twenty one. He's he's a young guy, yeah. right? Yeah, he's young. Yeah. He's young. You, th- you think he's uh, gonna be the leading goal scorer? 
I, I think he is. If not, then we're, we're definitely going to see Henry Martin yeah. pick it up. Yeah. I, I think either one of those two players could definitely be. Or hopefully, in like the perfect world, they both bag themselves like 10 goals. So that, that would be perfect. Martin, who, I mean, he, he scored the first goal for America in the Copa por Mexico, if I remember yeah, correctly. And the right? first Copa por Mexico goal. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, well, maybe we'll see Henry Martin or Vina. So, all right. And then final question. A little bit of a curveball here. How many times will Piojo Herrera get thrown out of a match in the 2020? Uh, oh, man. Uh, I, I want to say a good four. Four. A good four. Yeah. Is that is that conservative? I don't know. Is that a little too <laughs> that that <laughs> is conservative. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being a little bit more realistic, I think maybe like six, but I'm being conservative. I'm hoping Piojo can watch his temper and, and I think because he's a very passionate man. He's a very passionate guy. So I mean you see you yeah. obviously know this I said. Yeah. So it the passion gets to him more than it should sometimes and yeah, he, uh, he finds himself. But it's fine though because, uh, uh, like me, Dylan, and Christian have said on the podcast before, I think America tends to do sometimes a little bit better when he's on the stands and you have uh, Benjamin Galindo on in in there. Is he? Does he still? So does does Biocho still? Uh, like when he gets around, because he, because I mean, I definitely watch America games, but I mean, you you know a little bit more than I do because when he was in Cholos, there have been times that he just just goes straight to the stands after getting a red and will still like try to yell directions. Has he done that? Has he does he does he do that with America too? Oh, I, I I would imagine he does. And can you imagine now with no fans how easy it is? Oh yeah, <laughs> yell across the pitch. <laughs> he just he just like puts on some shades and be like, no 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 no. I'm Legal Rivera. Legal Rivera. I will say this, though. Miguel is always a character. And, like, exactly why I said the, the things that I said would be so devastating because I don't think we find another manager. And I've said this before on the podcast, and I know a lot of people will criticize me for saying this right now, but I've always pictured Miguel Herrera to be the Alex Ferguson of America. Whoa. Right? That's a bold statement to make, yeah, but I, I, I like it. I'm making it. I like it. I like it. I think that's a perfect spot to, to end the pod right there. Uh, thanks so much to Ivan. Uh, thanks to everyone who listened to today's pod. Ivan, uh, where can they follow you and uh, where can they follow the Eagle Eye pod? So you guys can follow me over on Twitter at IvanPineda83. And you guys can follow the podcast at Eagle Eye Podcast. And I do want to give a huge shout out to my two co-hosts, uh, Christian Rosendo and Dylan Jimenez, a.k.a. Cowboy Dan. Uh, without them, none of this could ever be possible. So uh, honestly, you know, I, I may I may be hosting, but really the the true work and, and, and the true uh, things that you see out there, it's because of them too. So uh, I want to give a huge shout out to them. All right. So give them a follow and be sure to give us a follow if you haven't already on Twitter or recently Instagram. I believe most of you followed us on Twitter. I mean, if you listen to this uh, show, but producer and Amy and I joked around about potentially getting to 100 followers on Instagram after just starting it recently. Uh, and we're now actually just 18 away. We're kind of like joking around. We're like, hey, let's just uh, see if we can get it to 100. Then we went up to 82 or something like that. Like, I can't. We started it semi-recently. So give us a follow there on uh, uh, at the Mexican Soccer Show. Uh, and also, like usual, we greatly appreciate any and all ratings and reviews on iTunes. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, thank you, Ivan, once again. And uh, until next time, we'll see you on the next episode of the Liga Mackey's Preview. See you guys around. <laughs>